0: Hey guys, Anna J. Walner of Indie Author Chat, and I have Jeff DeMarco coming back to join me tonight. Uh, And we've already had you on the show, but that was to talk about um, the anthology that you put together, which by the way, guys, go check out that video, Uh, it's for a great cause. Mm -hmm. But today we are here to talk about you and your post-apocalyptic dystopian fiction. How do how did you get into writing the genre that 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 you do?
1: Well, I suppose it started out with Cormac McCarthy's *The Road*. That was really the first foray into uh, post-apocalyptic science fiction, and that's more that's almost if there is such a thing as you know literary post-apocalyptic, that that's it because it's a great book. But um, I like just the just the feel of of a post-apocalyptic world everything is on one hand a lot harder and on the other hand a lot easier because they're kind of less moving parts to account for um if that makes sense i mean there, you know presumably if there were a post-apocalyptic event you know god willing there's not but uh fair you
0: fair know
1: there would there would be less people in the world and You know, I, it's just interesting to me to build a world in my head that something has completely shattered the way things were, and then I have to think about the way things could be. And I, you know, I mean, that's, that's true of a lot of dystopian sort of writers, George Orwell, uh, you know, comes to mind.
0: Um, Absolutely. It's, it's a genre that I enjoy reading. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. But it's something that I cannot write. So um, I, I just, I don't have those. How do you create, there's a lot of world building that goes into, because as of yet, we've not experienced a post-apocalyptic dystopian world. So well, we um, came close. Uh, yes. With our,
1: with our pandemic, it was... Actually, um, in 2019, one of the books that we're going to talk about, Tread Fallen Nation, basically mm-hmm. gets kicked off with a viral pandemic. Wow. Of, yeah, yeah, I know. I Ask me about winning lottery numbers, too. So, you know. Um, Share, please. <laughs> oh, yeah, 25, 34. Anyway. um no, I, I, I like to write things that I'm comfortable with. And I'm not saying that, you know, the end of the world I'm comfortable with, but I write military post-apocalyptic sci-fi. So a lot of my characters, I know who they are. I know what they do. I know what their capabilities are. And it's almost like I add in this external stimuli, like, oh my God, the, the world ends, or not the world ends, but, you know, some cataclysmic event happens and now everybody has to react and, you know, on one hand, you have people that probably will flounder. On the other, you have people that will do all right. And then I, you know, I occasionally like to have some characters that, you know, have the intestinal fortitude and, you know. Uh, the guys
0: you want on your team.
1: That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So.
0: Well, be you know, and I'm, maybe one of the reasons why I enjoy reading it is because I live in Texas and mm. uh, I've been through hurricane ike i've been Mm -hmm. through hurricane rita i've been Mm -hmm. through several tropical storms and it is quite a different experience whenever you live without power for two weeks so it almost seems like this partial you know post-apocalypse i mean what it would be like you get a taste of it for two full Mm -hmm. weeks of what would be what it would be like if the power Mm -hmm. goes out and it really makes you
1: appreciate electricity yeah yeah and, and, and all of those things like our logistics system are all are all things that I think of, like, you know, what, what sort of it, it was, I want to say it was like 2002 or 2003, where we had all those rolling brownouts throughout the whole country. And I think I remember um,
0: that.
1: I was yeah, young. and, well, younger. <laughs> um, well, you and me, you and me both. Yeah. Um, but no, that was, that was just so interesting to see kind of how, how life manifested and, and continued under, under those circumstances when we don't have, when we don't have those, you know, when we don't have our phones, when we don't have, when we don't have lights, when we, you know, and you're, you're taking someone like someone in the 1850s, oh, this is normal. But, but somebody now, obviously that's abnormal and it's, it's fun to see him react to it.
0: We definitely don't have a contingency plan in place to go without our creature comforts for too long. Mm-hmm. Um, when you don't have TV for for a little while, or if your cell phone goes dead, we're kind of mm-hmm. a, a society that's dependent on technology and on you know electricity and. So that's got to be interesting to a lot of world building, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. For, for you. In so, all and I, I typically,
1: as far as showing the world, you're, you're showing the world, you know, you can do a prologue. I tend to, I mean, I, I do have prologues to say, hey, here's what's going on. But you're really showing the world through a particular set of eyes. Because, you know, all of my stories are really character centric um so it's it's less about it's less about oh no a virus got released and more about more about you know how an individual overcomes it or you know fulfills their mission or or whatever and how they feel about it um so i'm really showing trying to show the world through somebody else's eyes and obviously that gets skewed in one way or the other so anyway
0: so you have, you've got um, Into Armageddon and Born of Chaos, which are part of the Ruler of Ash, uh, Ashes series. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you, is there going to be a
1: third installment in the Oh yeah, there's going to be a third, fourth, fifth, possibly, a, well, probably, I'm probably going to stop at five. I'm probably going <laughs> to, I'm probably going to wrap it up, wrap it up at five.
0: So you've um, got... You've got lots of plans oh, for yeah. the series. When can we yeah. expect when can we expect the next one?
1: Do you think um the for the ruler of Ashes series? I'm thinking late 2021. Um, okay. so I have I have a work in progress that I'm gonna actually seek like traditional publishing for that I'm working on now. Uh, I have a handful of short stories. One of them is submitted to Apex magazine. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. Um I have the tread series book two is ready to go. I just need to put it out there, put it on pre-order, get it all set up. And then, and then, then I'm all, all back into ruler of ashes.
0: I know it's tough. uh, Whenever you have two separate series going
1: on to. Yeah, I know. I have all these voices in my head talking. It's wonderful. (laughs)
0: Well, do you, uh, do you write primarily in first person or third person? What do you prefer?
1: My usual point of view is uh, third person multiple. So do okay. th- you want know, me to give you a little overview of, of, uh, of let's say in Armageddon? Sure. Okay. Yeah. So, so you have all of these expectant mothers that are brought to this underground facility in New Mexico. Um, And basically they're given, they're given, you know, some experimental treatment and it makes their children especially gifted. Uh, Yeah. I mean, just to put it bluntly, you know, telepathic and telekinetic. Um, Okay. So um, I can't remember where I was going with that. Uh, So anyway, uh, one of them escapes and you know these other these other nine children that are in the facility start running these missions for this subversive government organization uh, to basically maintain power for themselves while uh, instituting their own brand of morality. Uh, and the same the same organization, uh, you, you know, has several scientists and basically Basically, they've decided. Okay, we failed. It's time to end things. Uh, so they release a virus into the into the atmosphere. Uh, that I decided not to go with zombies, so it's no zombies. Uh, okay, but I, I call them hunters, and basically they're apex predators. Uh, that are that are formed from from humankind. It's gen- it's heavily genetic engineering, as I as I mentioned. That uh, I had that PhD cancer researcher uh, guy working for me. Uh, So he helped me out quite a bit with that. Uh, and you know, this, this girl comes back into play with her would be father and mother figure. It's kind of a found family sort of a situation. Um, and you know, she's, she's the one trying to either, you know, convert all of these other children that have been fed kind of this false ideology. Um, so, yeah, we'll see if she wins. She might not. I don't know.
0: It sounds intriguing. Yeah. The
1: whole, the whole series does. Yeah. And it's it's set on Fort Sill. I think where I was going with that was I like to write places that I know. So one of their stops is Fort Collins, Colorado. I've lived there. Would you? Yep. Yep. Uh, Fort Sill, Oklahoma. I've lived there. Uh, yeah.
0: They say to write what you know. And I guess that is true to a certain extent. Um, mm-hmm. Not not with not exactly right what you know about having survived a post-apocalyptic society but to bring in some of the the aspects Mm -hmm. of places that you've been to help create that Mm -hmm. world building in a realistic way Mm -hmm. so if anyone is familiar with fort collins colorado you know, or some of the other places that you talk about, then, then it's, it's very, it, it draws, it draws them
1: in as being very believable. Yeah. I had, for, I had a buddy of mine that, that read it that lives in Fort Collins and he's just like, dude, you, you destroyed us. Why would you do that? <laughs> anyway, but uh, yeah.
0: No, is that's, that's awesome. And so what, Where? I mean, why, why, uh, why did you get into where uh why did you get into the the genre that you did instead of say say sci-fi or fantasy why why post-apocalyptic um
1: you know because i didn't feel like thinking out like an alien race i kind of like contemporary uh, contemporary stories, because personally I identify with more contemporary characters and all of these books are, are either, you know, really close to the future or, you know, maybe like 10, 15 years in the future in the case of my work in progress. Um, and, you know, as far as what I read and what I watch, um, that has that it's, has a lot to do with it. And just kind of paying yeah. attention. Like tread, for instance, uh, that that sort of viral release scenario that's not like, you know, it it's it's science fiction, but it's not like it's not like telepathic kids. It's just a virus that kills a lot of people.
0: It's um, not out of the realm of possibilities. It exactly.
1: Okay. Um, and you know, you have other powers that, you know, whether or not you believe that you know, certain, certain entities exist in the, in the world, which they do because people like power uh, could, could potentially, potentially happen. Um, Now tread, what I was going to say about that is that came to me. I I was watching a briefing by, I want to say it was, and it was like unclassified. So it's not anything like super secret squirrel stuff. But
0: no, G14 classified.
1: No, no, no. G14 classified. What was that? Gotcha. What was that? Transformers GS nine. Um, no, he was talking about, you know, the greatest threat to the United States. It was the department of Homeland security or somebody, somebody in that ballpark of, you know, three letter organizations. Uh,
0: gotcha. Our
1: greatest threat is, is a viral release so and that was that was in i want to say i started that early 2019 maybe late 2018 and
0: and just from a single news briefing something that you saw on tv you created an entire series from it that's yeah. that's that's that is that's our writers mentality that's what we do we see mm-hmm. something so random and just pick it up and and before you know it we've got a whole series planned in our minds oh
1: yeah oh yeah i, I actually have written all the way, like I've got just kind of everything broken down and, and structured to how I want the series to go. You're a plotter. You like book five. Oh, I am a plotter. Yeah. You should see some of my spreadsheets. It's awesome.
0: See, I'm completely the opposite.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, You just see to seat of the pants.
0: Yes, absolutely. I just, Mm -hmm. I start writing and then see where my characters take me. Yeah. Um, but I have great admiration for people who have the patience and uh, <laughs> and the the, uh, the 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 brain power to sit down and plot to plot out uh, everything in the book. I, mm. I you know, admire. <laughs>
1: uh, it, it's nice because I don't need to. I don't <laughs> need to like take my take my laptop on vacation. I can just write down the scene that I want to write like you know two or three scenes that i want to write while i'm gone and i'll just write it longhand. uh and
0: yeah see i do i do take a notebook well mm-hmm. um pre uh, 2020 i was never anywhere without a notebook uh oh well, there you because, go because just to but mine are random very random don't mm-hmm. have them analyzed or mm-hmm. i'd be with you know committed but, um, it's just you know thoughts that pop into your head and, mm. and things like that.
1: So. One of the best books, because I, I also edit, and um,
0: I, w- I was get that I was saving that for the end, but oh,
1: well, hey, we can talk about it at the end. But one of the best books, so let's say that there's uh, some a, a job that I don't want to take. I, I, and I, I just randomly recommend this to whoever, you know, when I was in my master's program, I would recommend it to fellow students, uh, Weiland's Structuring Your Novel. And basically it, it puts everything in, in building blocks. So like scene sequel, so, uh, objective, uh, obstacle, uh, catastrophe,
0: uh, solution has got to be in there
1: somewhere. What's that?
0: I said solutions got to be in there somewhere. Solution,
1: yeah, and then decision. So that's what they're going to do, and everything, everything kind of flows, and you can do little different combinations. You know, uh, you know, obstacle catastrophe, obstacle catastrophe, and then go into into the sequel portion. But no, that that's just how I.
0: And I, I feel like after you mentioned uh, the name of that, I feel like I've seen that somewhere. I think that's made, yeah. uh, I think that, that, that someone has posted that in the writing community mm-hmm. um, and, and I've seen book. it before. So, so. but anyway. uh, I, being that you have so many books that have already been published and so many that are just waiting for their opportunity. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice for people in the writing community as an independent author, maybe something that you've learned the hard way that um, you wish you would have known in the beginning.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: Share, share with us Um, some
1: secrets. I mean, I know. uh, Okay. So one, one of my, like the first, not the first book I published, but the first book that I published under my own name, I, (laughs) rush the heck out of it. Like you're, you're going to be like, when you're, when you're at that finish line and mm-hmm. you're like, man, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Just stop and put it away for like a month. Like I, I know <laughs> you want to you make your personal deadline or whatever, but you know, I remember some anecdote, uh, you know, there's, there's the deadline that gets set, uh, the deadline that's expected. And the real deadline is when the author finishes the work. So just just don't don't rush to failure um definitely i always tell people get an editor because i am an editor so um but uh in lieu of that uh get software and beta readers beta
0: readers definitely yeah Yeah. in in your target demographic by the way oh uh, yeah make sure that you do the research if you are writing a Mm -hmm. dystopian post-apocalyptic book then you don't want to reach out to middle grade fiction readers yeah to have them read it Um, or uh or romance uh group yes for your beta i was in
1: a i was in a small group that formed from my my graduate program and i unfortunately had to had to say you know, so long, just because one of them was writing a memoir. Another one was very much literary fiction and it just, it didn't, wasn't, wasn't working for me.
0: No, because, you know, you, you have to, you know, there, that's the audience that's going to be reading your book. And if it doesn't resonate with them, then Mm -hmm. that's something that you want to know. If it doesn't resonate with say a historical fiction, Mm-hmm. group um of of beta readers then you know i mean that's not going to be useful to you for mm-hmm. critiques and feedback
1: right so and for the record i also used to write romance and uh viking fantasy
0: really oh,
1: those, those are never i i will <laughs> never give away my my pen i was gonna those, say so. those
0: are secrets oh,
1: nope there's a secret <laughs> that it, it it wasn't my best work so it's all off of the market and you know, I understand into a file somewhere.
0: I understand there was one that, that, that I put out that, um, that I pulled back that was me trying to um, write outside of my genre. And Mm. uh, I found that I was most comfortable writing uh, fantasy, young adult fantasy Mm. specifically. So Mm. that's where it kept pulling me back to. And I wanted Mm. to branding is, is, is important. Mm. um so yep. a, as an author so to yep. start mixing a whole lot of genres it does work for some authors mm. that let, let's face it <laughs> Stephen King could write um could write a children's a, book a children's book and, and you would <laughs> and, and you would read it you know I mean that's just the 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 yeah know. yeah But, but for, for the majority, because he has, he he already has that, 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 that branding and credibility, yeah, that platform, you know, to stand on. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think for, for newer authors that are just getting out there to kind of establish a genre specific platform. And if you want to write something different than maybe a different uh, pen name or a different
1: Yeah, yeah, like, um, I'm trying to think. I know Steve, I think Stephen King has a pen name that is, like, female.
0: I know Anne Rice, um, when she was writing her um, romance, uh, uh, steamy romance uh, series, she she published under, I think it was Anne Rampling. So she published under a pen name.
1: I want to say it's Gertrude Stein. I want to say that's his name
0: sounds really familiar. Yeah.
1: I think that's it.
0: I think that is.
1: Yeah. Anyway,
0: (laughs) but um, you had talked about, you mentioned it earlier guys. uh, Jeff has just finished his master's degree uh, in, in December and has, (laughs) and if you go to his website, which I checked out earlier today, he does editing so if you're looking for an editor are you taking on clients
1: oh yeah yeah um and and, i mean i have a few things that are going on in the next you know month or two but you know i I, i'm happy to take on new clients my dance card isn't quite full yet gotcha Well, I
0: appreciate you coming back and talking with me this evening, and so uh, it was it was an it was an honor to have both you and Z on uh, a little while ago. And I mentioned how much I'd like to hear more about the work that you do specifically. So, thanks for taking me up on the offer to come back and chat.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. <laughs>
0: All right, guys, stay safe. And if you haven't already, make sure that you subscribe to the channel so that you don't miss out on new and upcoming content. That's right. (laughs) Thanks again.